0: Hello, everybody. I will be doing the scrambles this morning. Let me know if you can hear me uh, once people join in. Pull up the questions here. Brian, hey. So I a question. Brian, can you hear me? I'm just making sure people can hear me right now. Yeah, me too. um Okay, so I got some questions on Twitter last night. I'll go over them. Uh, I'm gonna go in order though, so I don't miss anybody's. Uh, from Turtle on Twitter or Turtle Tour Guide, how'd you feel about a J? JV- How would you feel about JVR being placed on the top line and Katori becoming the third line center that the Fly Guys so desperately need? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna move Katori down to the third line. Uh. Third line center is, I guess, maybe the biggest concern on the team next to goaltending, but I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to break up Katori and Drew right now, especially after the last season they had. I think I'm going to keep that together, and I'm just going to let Wheel or Lawton or maybe Frost become the third line center. And if Laterra happens to be the third line center, I guess, uh, Guess we'll deal with it. <laughs> I don't know. But uh I think Katori and Drew is a, is a tandem we don't break up this year. And I I think I'd wanna see I mean the top six I feel like needs to be Drew, Katori, Konechny, uh JVR, Patrick, and Vorchek. I feel like those two lines would roll. And last year last year we saw a pretty dominant top line with Drew, uh Katori and Voracek, Where it was the main line all year long. But I think that second line is going to be pretty, pretty dangerous as well. So then, if you can just get some contributions from the bottom six, and hopefully there might be some young kids in there that can help that, Uh, I think the offense would be pretty set. I'm not, I I don't know if I would put Katori on the third line as a third line center to kind of fix a problem that isn't really going to be, I mean, it might hurt. Not having a, a clear-cut 3C right now, but Drew had a pretty damn good year on the left wing last year. I may as well see what that's like again this year. So I'm not I'm not going to move JVR down. Uh, from CK2004, C. Keller, um, could Carter Hart come up late in the year and have a Matt Murray 2016 effect? Fires have all the other pieces to go in a cup run except the goalie, as was with Pittsburgh a few years back when Fleury was really struggling. So I think the thing... <laughs> I think Carter Hart may come up at some point this year. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna see NHL action at some point this year. I Feel like it's just gonna happen. I mean, the Flyers went through four goalies last year, and I, I think Hextall and Haxall are really gonna try and avoid going to Carter Hart. But I think something, some scenario is gonna break out where he's gonna have to play. Maybe he comes in as cleanup duty late in the game that the Flyers have already won or lost. Uh, but I, I feel like they're going to go, they're, they're going to pull up Alex Lyon as much as they can because in that case, if Lyon's up in the NHL, then, they, then Carter Hart's starting in the AHL, and then you get more experience from down there, but I feel like it's going to be a thing where they don't, I, I think they're going to try and not use Carter Hart as much as possible, but I feel like there's going to be one point in the year where they just can't, there's no other options. Like They just have to go with Carter Hart, so I think he, he might see a game this year. Um, and I don't I, I don't think he's going to have the Matt Murray effect. There's a lot going on with that team, though. I think the team hated uh, Johnston, the coach, before Mike Sullivan. And Mike Sullivan, unfortunately, is a pretty good coach. And I think you just see that effect with uh, teams some of the years where you fire the coach midseason, and they just completely swing the other way. And you talk about the Penguins in 2009. They did the same thing with Bilesma. And then the following year, the Flyers did it with Stevenson and LaViolette, where they were struggling to even be a relevant team with Stevens. And then Laviolette comes in, and for some reason, they just kind of pick up a second win, and they just carry on from there and, you know, push to the cup. Uh, I think that had a bigger effect than, than Matt Murray coming in. I mean, Matt Murray played really well during that run. Uh, but I, I think a lot of – I think some other things went in that too. And and then the Hagelin-Bonino-Kessel line was just out of their mind that season. So I – I think that's a lot to ask for a young goalie. And I think Matt Murray was closer to being full-time than Carter Hart is. I don't think Carter Hart's going to have that effect for the the Flyers this year, unfortunately. So, Uh, From Mitch, what's the issue with the PK, in your opinion? Coaching, scheme, or personnel? And are there any easy changes you personally like to see them in the coming season? I think it's coaching, just because they've gone through every other – option when it comes to potential uh, personnel pieces. And they've rotated ever since Le perrier has gotten there. They've gone, they've changed everybody uh, the tandem up front with the forwards and all the defensive pairs and also the goalies. And the numbers haven't gotten better. So unless Ian Le Perrier is the unluckiest penalty kill coach in the league, or it's just something with the scheme where they're just kind of, when you look at the shot rates, for the, the penalty kill for the Flyers. They're not giving up a ton of shots, and it's not the highest quality chances, but they continuously give up uh, power play goals. So I, th- I think it's something with the scheme. I think it's the way that um, Le perrier is working, at where it's just not... I, I think it's something with him. Um, and I don't know. The easy fix for me, I mean, the only easy fix, I think there is, is you put more skilled guys out there. And I think like I've wanted, I know it sounds silly, but I've kind of wanted Drew back getting up, being a mainstay on the penalty kill for a while. Um, I'm glad Katori was there. I like that they moved Simmons there. Um, but, I mean, that there's really not much. That, I think the main thing, or what I think will be an easy fix, would be true getting back on the penalty kill, which he hasn't been there for years. But at the same time, I don't know if you really want true playing. Is that much of the game? Because I remember that was a concern back in, like, 2008-09, was that Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, and I think Mike Knupel also played all three phases, and they all kind of got worn down by the end of the year. And I don't know if you want to do that to your players, but, I mean, that's probably the one question he could have for Hexall this offseason was he, I mean, he, he added JVR and he made two great additions by subtractions in Manning and Filipula, but there wasn't really any suggestion that they are going to improve the power play, or penalty kill with the people they brought in. And it's the same the same thing that struggled this year in 16-17 and 15-16 to bring it back. So, you got to kind of wonder what like, what they're going to change. They can't go into the, the season with the same mentality. And I know Hexos talked about the last third of the season. They look great. Matt Reed was on the penalty, kill, I believe, for the last third of the season. So, he's gone now. You thought they would have added somebody to kind of fill that role. That's why I was looking at a guy like Grabner. But, well, uh,. We'll see what they do. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any easy solution, because I mean they probably would have come across it by now, but it's I think the penalty kill is gonna be something that frustrates us all year long, and we're gonna keep wondering why Ian is uh, is around. Yeah, like oh, yeah, Brian, like I was saying, like I, I I think I think Hexel is really willing to give the younger kids a chance, like we've seen with Connecting Pro Rough and they kill in camp. And Haxall really, I guess, doesn't have a problem playing the younger kids. It's more the sometimes Haxall just loves running goalies into the ground, and by sometimes I mean all the time. And you saw it this year, and both LA and Norworth got injuries, and then they had the trade from Rhasic. So I think that trend is going to continue. I think there's going to be nights where Haxall inexplicably starts somebody for the three games so far as having four days and then that guy gets worn down and might leave with some injuries, and then Hart comes up. But I don't think it's going to be – I don't see Hart being the, the Murray-type guy and kind of propels into a, a cup run. I'm not saying the Flyers don't have a chance this year. I'm saying I don't think it's going to be sparked by car Hart going off because I don't know if he's going to be playing at all. So uh, this one is from Ben. Ben shoots things. Uh, should Ratko Gutis have a sword? Now, this was a, it's been a topic of discussion for a while on Twitter, mainly thanks to our our own Allison. And, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously you should. I mean, if you look at him, I don't know too many guys that look like Racka Goose that don't have a sword. And I feel like he's already, I mean, he's already halfway there. Now, there are are some drawbacks to that. Um, You don't want him to have the sword and do the thing you did with Matthew Pro because then, You have a homicide on the ice. It's a whole mess. You got to clean up the mess. A lot of witnesses to a murder. I mean, that's not ideal for the NHL. But looking at Rako Gudis, knowing his temperament, uh, his stature, I guess, the guy should have a sword. I mean, you know, I know, we all know it. Big three sources to confirm that Rako Gudis needs a sword. Thanks for the question, Ben. Um follow-up question another very serious question by the way i'm i'm answering every question i got yesterday so bear with me here but from our own kelly kelly hanks craig why do you suck so bad lol owned so uh, again kelly thank you for just owning on me and not dunking on me i think that's a segue into why she thinks i suck so bad is because i'm continuously dunking on people you know what i mean like i'm i'm killing it so much that it has the reverse effect that you want, where Kelly thinks I'm I'm suck. I don't suck. You, you guys know that. We all know that. But I do dunk on people a lot, and I think that's where the confusion might come in for Kelly, because yeah, Kelly's confused a lot. She doesn't know what's going on. But I, I think that's what it is. I don't suck. I I need to get that on record. Um. But yeah, that that that's it. Thanks for the thanks for the question, Kelly. Love you. Um, <laughs> this one, uh, Andrew Widmeyer, provided three really good questions. I'm going to try to answer as best as I can here. First one is, if he's healthy for 82 games and flanked by JVR and Jake, is 55 to 60 points a reasonable expectation for Nolan Patrick? I say yes. Uh, I think I have to look this up real quick. I want to say... Patrick had he had thirty points this year, but he had thirty points, uh, I think, around that, one. and he had the the surgery, the sports hernia surgery. He was he had the concussion that he suffered against Anaheim, and he wasn't himself or what we think is how he actually performed for most of his career until about. I want to say mid-January. So from October to November, or from October until mid-January, he had exactly 30 points. Um, he wasn't himself. And he wasn't, I think they started off in a line with Simmons and Wheel, which are guys that aren't exactly going to thrive at five, or Simmons isn't really a, a big help at five on five. And I think just all those things, being a teenager, coming off that surgery, which we saw the effects of that surgery, which ruined into gossip the year before. And just kind of getting acclimated to the league, jumping from the WHL to the NHL. That's it's right. a lot going on there. And considering he didn't put up points for half a season, he still got thirty points. He has chemistry with Vorjek. And Limblom Limblom's a fine player. I like Limblom a lot, but you're going to go from Limblom who didn't get a ton of luck in shooting last season. Uh, like I think his shooting percentage is pretty low, low. He only had two goals. Jump from that to a guy who had 36 goals last year, and a guy that is just going to be able to get to the net, and he creates ways for himself to be open and available for passing, uh, for as a passing option for players on his team. Uh, that's going to help a playmaker like him a lot. I'm actually I'm really excited for that second line because Voracek and Patrick can create. And Voracek's very good at. You know, zone entries and carrying the puck in. Patrick's very good at creating the offensive zone, and I think JVR is just going to clean it all up. So I think that second line... It's another reason why I wouldn't put uh, JVR on the top line because I think that second line is going to be a big threat to teams this year because they're going to focus on the, the first line with Drew, Katori, and Konechny, and then I, I don't know if men here are going to have an answer for that second line. Uh, so I... But getting back to... Um, Andrew's question. I think 55 is reasonable. I think he's also going to go out more time on the power play, or he's going to serve the role that he he was filling in late in the season for Simmons, where Simmons was hurt and he was in the front of the net. I think he's going to be that on the second power play. And I think he's going to just have cleanup duty there to score goals. So I think 55 points from a healthy Nolan Patrick is not out of the question, in my opinion, especially with JVR and Jake on his line. Second question from Andrew over under third share again. I gotta look up how many points he had, but I'm gonna say that uh, Yeah, I think he gets I think he can get that if he stays on the second pairing all year long uh, Even if he is with Andrew McDonald, I still think he can get 30 points uh, And I feel like at some point in the year I forget if he played on the second power play at all last year, uh, but I feel like at some point this year that power play, they're, they're going to shift up the second power play unit and he's going to be out there. So Okay, he had 10 and 49. So full season. Sandham was also really unlucky last year. He had a low PDO and I think his shooting percentage was really low considering the amount of shots he put on that. Uh, I, think, I think 30 points is doable. And I think, again, he's going to get a boost in power play time. Uh, and I don't think it matters that he might be paired with Andrew McDonald. Now, if he, if for some reason Haxtell falls in love with uh, Foley and pushes Folin, I don't know how to say his name. I forget. Christian Fulan, the guy from the Kings. If Haxtell, for some reason, falls in love with him and pushes Sandheim down to the third pairing, might make it a little bit difficult. But I, I still think 30 points is very doable from Sandheim. And that this defense is going to be fun. Uh, this year and for the upcoming years because Spear and Proberoff are just going to – they're already producing points. Proberoff led the league in goals for defensemen, and had blows up there for overall points for defensemen. And I think they're only going to get better, which is a scary part. And Sandheim is just due to have a – not a bounce back. Last year wasn't uh last year was just kind of rough for Sanheim because he was unlucky, and I think the coaching staff kind of – Process that as he wasn't performing well, but he was doing I mean he he played fine throughout the year He created plenty of offensive chances, too And that's the guy is supposed to be and I've been saying it all summer and I know I'm not the only one But uh, he Andrew McDonald every other defenseman the Flyers have put with him He drags down their possession numbers and they always seem to get hemmed in their own zone They always seem to struggle to give up goals against but Sandheim Seemed to be a guy that canceled that out. So even I think he gets 30 points, but even if he doesn't, as long as Sanheim keeps being the guy that kind of is able to keep Andrew McDowell at a break-even possession player, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, and then three, if he's an AHL All-Star this year and an injury occurs, would you bring up Hart up in the NHL? Do you think Hex would? I'm oh, sorry to answer this, Andrew. Um, but three pretty good questions. But, yeah, I think... I think if injuries happen to uh, Neuwirth and Elliott, I, I think they're just going to ride Lyon for as long as possible. And then I think they're I think they're eventually going to be put into a position where Hart has to play some time this year. I don't even know if it's going to be a full game. I don't know if it's going to be a thing where he's up as the backup and they're losing five to one going into the third period and it's a back-to-back or something and Carter Hart gets in that way. I feel like Carter Hart's – Playing time in the NHL is not going to be zero by the end of the season. I I don't really have a great outline of an argument as to why. I just it's a it's a, a gut feeling I have. I mean it's the kind of, same kind of feeling. Uh, it, I mean and it's a weird thing to say, but like back in oh seven oh eight with Drew, it was one of those things where you know he wasn't quite there, but he thought he might get a look, like a little bit of time. Ended up getting two games. So I, I think it's one of those things where it's just, I can feel it. I can't explain it, though. So we'll we'll see if he eventually does make his way up this year. Um, and then from Chris, Umbrano Chris, I know I got your name uh, right last time. Hopefully that's the right way to say it. Um, what's your favorite PS2 game of all time? What are you currently playing? Is it hockey season yet? Answer the last one first. It's not hockey season yet. It's about to be. Uh, Training camp starts this week. So I'm pretty pumped about that. PS2. Man. I haven't played... I'm trying to think of games for PS2. Uh, High Shots Golf 4. Because I think we had... uh, Yeah, I think my brother had a PS2. Because PS2 was like years ago, right? Yeah, so High Shots Golf is definitely the best game on PS4. That I played. Here's the thing about video games. I don't play a lot of video games. The main thing I've played for years, and the only thing I really still play consistently is NHL. Shockingly, but I am terrible with shooter games, which is funny because when you ask what I, I play right now, I the only thing I play besides NHL is I play Fortnite, and I'm, I'm pretty terrible at it. For some reason, I keep playing it. You know, terrible. Hate myself after every single time I play it, but still play it on a consistent basis because I like to abuse myself or something. I don't know, but that the the answers will be Fortnite and uh, and NHL. I'm pretty excited for the, the the new NHL to come out next week. I think it's next week. But yeah, a lot of EASHL. Um, yeah, PS two, PS two. All I remember from PS two is uh, Hot Shots Golf. Uh, I think we played what's the MLB equivalent of like NHL hits or Blitz, whatever that was. There was like a weird baseball one. I think I think we played that on PS2 a bit too. Uh, I can't remember any other games for PS2, but yeah, Hot Shots Golf was definitely the one. I actually played Hot Shots Golf with my brother last year, so definitely still a fan of that. Um. So Tim, man, five five two. Hi, uh, I guess your name's Greg. So, <laughs> why don't the Flyers have a sp- Philly special? Well, it's a good question because the Philly special is probably the greatest thing ever. And also, if you're unaware, Eagles won the Super Bowl this year, 2018, last season. Now, had a play called the Philly special uh, after Tom Brady dropped the pass in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles proceeded to catch the pass, even though he's a backup and not as good, not quite as good as Tom Brady. Then the Eagles ran again on Thursday, and it was the actual play that the Patriots ran, but Nick Foles caught it, and as Lane Johnson pointed out, unlike Tom Brady, who dropped it. It's a pretty cool thing, uh, and I want to say the Flyers don't have it because they haven't won a championship yet. I'm going to go with that. Um, and haven't won a championship in 43 years. They've won a championship before. so um Phillies. Sp- I don't know. I can't even think of a play that would have been – I don't know. I did lose my mind this year on the Katoria pass to Patrick in the playoffs. And that was – a. I mean, a pass between your legs, I kind of feel like, is somewhat an NHL way of a trick trick play. Uh I think that one. I think of Hartnell's pass to Breer in the twenty ten cup. These are like the only things that can list an really affiliate special. I don't know what I the it's kinda of hard to pull off a trick play in hockey, I guess. I think the only one would be the Mike Leg goal where you uh Strom scored it last year where you put the puck on your stick and you kinda of lacrosse it in. Lacrosse shot it in. I don't know how to say it, but that would be the only way that the big reasons are that the Flyers haven't won a cup in a while, so they don't have that championship play. And also, I, I don't know what would be as shocking or as much of a trick play as the Philly special. So, but you know, thank you for bringing up the Philly special, it's always something special to me and everybody probably watching. So, um, if you could make a five-man band from the roster, who's in it? What genre of music are they making and is connecting the lead singer? I'll say connecting is the lead singer. I think goodis is in the band. I feel like Wayne Simmons has to be in the band. I feel like Vorchek has to be in the band. That's four, so I need one more. Um... I'll go with Shane. I'll say Shane Goss is I think, so let's see, connect is singing. I want to say Simmons plays the drums. Simmons or Goudas is playing the drums. I um, you know Goudas might be playing the drums because I feel like he could pound the skin. I feel like he would just abuse the drum set. Uh, and then we'll say Shane. Shane's the bassist and Wayne is the guitarist. I feel like Wayne could could kill the guitar. I'm not sure though. Uh, and Shane seems pretty laid back. I feel like he would have no problems playing the bass, being being the, you know, least important member of the group, as bassists usually are. You know, unless you're like primers of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which, all right. Um, But I think that would be my five-man group. I think Connect Me would be an insane singer, too. I feel like he would crowd dive at least twice each song. Like, each song. I think he would crowd dive, like, 20 times a concert (laughs) Uh, would be my feeling. All right, and then the last question I have is from Brian Knight. Which, hello, Brian. who do you think is the favorite to be the 3C, and which NHL team should seriously consider relocation? I think the favorite to be the 3C is... I think it's Jordan Wheel? I, th- I thought I saw something about Hacksaw saying they are going to try out Jordan Wheel there first. Uh, when camp opens up. But I feel like Wheel didn't play at center a lot last year. I have a bad feeling it's Laterra, Which, I mean, if you really wanted to... Uh I guess that plays back to the whole idea of putting JV on the top line and then moving Katori down to three C but I I don't know, it could be Laterra. I want it to be Lawton. I think it I think it should be Lawton. Did pretty well in the fourth line. Uh fourth line always drove play. He created chan- uh his chances. Offensively, given the amount of ice time he had. And I feel like he he was given an opportunity to prove himself last year and he proved himself. You know, may may as well promote that guy this year, but uh, I feel like I have a bad feeling it's going to be the terror this year and then Lawton's the 4C. But because uh, I mean, it's a big problem with Hexal and Hacksaw is the has toys that he will use until they are gone, which is why losing Filpula and Manning was so so key this offseason because if they were still here. It doesn't matter how much the Hexall envision, envisions them playing. It's. Haxall is going to run them into the ground one way or another in a way that you don't want them to be used. And that's what happened when Belmar was here and Van De Velde was here and Manning and Philpula and players that should just not be seeing the ice a ton. Haxall uh, loves to overutilize them. Even if Hexall's like, oh, this is going to be a fine seventh defenseman. That's why I'm kind of worried about Folin, uh, Folin. That's. I think he – there was some kind of comment about him on uh, – the Hex told me comment about Follin and Sanheim involving the penalty kill, so I have a bad feeling about – like, Sanheim might still get demoted this year because the penalty kill sucks, and the penalty kill is it, – it's going gonna, it's gonna to be terrible. I don't know how there's going to be any way around it unless – I think the last time they had 2013-14 was the last time they had a respectable penalty kill. I think it was 7th or 8th in the league. And looking back at that season, it was Perrier's first year, uh, but I'm pretty sure Steve Mason went nuts on the penalty kill. I think his high danger save percentage on the penalty kill was off the charts. So for this, this scheme to work, apparently you need the goalie to be your you know, they always say to be your best penalty killer, but I think it need they need to play far above and beyond that call for this penalty kill unit i don't know what they do wrong i think charlie's broken it down before but they they don't hammer shots against it's not continuously amazing scoring chances for the the opposing power play but the way it's set up something's something's not right i don't think they it's gonna sound cliche, but I remember a big thing with Mason on the penalty kill was it always looked like he was fighting through traffic to see the puck on point shots, and I feel like a lot of point shots get in on the uh, on the penalty kill, and I feel like Elliot and Neuberth kind of had to fight through that this year too. So maybe that might be selective memory. Uh, that's something you have to look a little bit further into, and maybe I will this year. But yeah, they they, I, I mean. They didn't really address the penalty kill, but that's the biggest concern going into in the season. So they didn't address the penalty kill. And I don't think there's an easy fix. But uh, Those are all the questions. Anybody watching, do you have a cool question? I mean, I've been on for half an hour. I was going to try and maybe extend this a little bit further. Here we go. Uh, Goose would accidentally stab Coots. That is correct. Okay, alright. Okay, so how much time will Laterra see this season? I think he's gonna see. I think he's gonna see the same amount of time he saw this season, or even more. Uh, and I think they're gonna be. That's from uh, Sammy. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, I I think because unfortunately he he didn't have a strong postseason, but he was the best flyer in games where the Flyers didn't show up. Like he was far and away the best player in Flyers in the Flyers' first game against the Penguins, where they lost 7 nothing, So I feel like they're going to use recency bias for that kind of that kind of crap, too, and they're going to put him... They're going to give him an opportunity at 3... I just have a bad feeling he's going to be the guy on the 3C. And I think he's still going to get penalty-killing time, which is something that... I mean, if play, See, if Loterra played and he was the fourth-line guy and that was it, and he only played seven or eight minutes a night, that is fine. That is fine by me. Um... But I, I think he's going to get as much playing time or more this season. So I'm leaning towards the JVR Patrick TK line. Yeah, I mean that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty scary too. And then the first line is Giroux Couturier vorchek Yeah, I mean, I mean the Giroux Couturier vorchek line, you know, it works. They 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 killed it last season. Uh, and if they actually had a second line to support them, that could have been real scary last year. So I mean I'm I'm fine for going back to that, uh, but I, I I feel like the I don't know maybe I I'm jumping to a conclusion there, but I feel like that was the the given top six when they signed JVR that TK will be on the top line and JVR would be on the second line, so you just have a guy that Patrick is able to set up uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, Yeah, apparently the uh Sean was talking about the AHL TV. AHL TV dropped their prices a lot. And up their quality, according to Brad Keffer, who is the Phantoms guy on our website. So if you are if you want to watch the Phantoms this year, this is a good year to probably catch on to that. I think they dropped the overall price by like ninety dollars for a single team. And the quality was always I've watched it once or twice before, and the quality was always kind of iffy, but now uh, it looks like it looks like you have Sunrise, uh, pretty much. Um, Brian listened to some PS2 games. I played Grand Theft Auto actually. Not, I think I played Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And I know Twisted Metal is a is a big game on PS2 as well. But and God of War. I know everybody talks about God of War. I never played that either. Um, yeah, Grand, but like Grand Theft Auto, I never played like the story mode. I was just the guy who would try and get stars by like hijacking or like stealing cars and like running over people and that kind of stupid shit, you know, the stuff that was always a national debate about whether or not video games was ruining the youth. This is, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> um, but I remember Hot Shots Golf 4 just because I think it was, I think I just played that like game nonstop like the summer after seventh grade or something. And all the characters on there are ridiculous, so patty i can i can't see bumping Simmons for him I know they're absent wings i heard Simmons going to the um i don't know if Simmons is going to the f- uh so patty Marco is saying they can't she can't see uh Simmons being bumped for Patrick, and that Patrick might be on the fourth line i i don't see see Simmons on the fourth line wouldn't bug me. Uh, considering five-on-five five play, um, like if you, it would be one of the weirdest situations in the league where a guy would be on the fourth line and then also on your top power play unit. Uh, but I, if Simmons is on the fourth line, it wouldn't it wouldn't bug me at all. I don't know if they would put him there, um, but I, I feel like a fourth line of Law and Limblom and Simmons would be would be pretty it as well, especially for a third line because Lawton and Limblom, I think, could carry Simmons at 5 and 5 and also create chances for him. Uh, Uh, What type of music would that band make? Okay. Um, That's a good question. I'm going to say... Like, thr- like jam music. Like 311. They're going to sound like 311. Especially if Shane's on bass. That would be my answer. I'm not happy about it. But, I mean, you can't argue the facts. You know? Oh my god, what was that fucking... What, what, what was the band I just said again? me singing. Simmons on guitar, Shane on bass. Gudis on drums? Yeah. Although Gudis is going to... Bang those drums! I don't know if he can really be uh, the patient, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know if he can do an overage type thing with the three eleven. I I think they're not to trust him. Yeah. Judy, I agree. They do. Yes, and whoever like that is correct. The Flyers' music has been crap for years, and like the locker room stuff, and actually. Ironic, oh, uh, not ironic, but you know, speaking of the locker room stuff, Mac Miller did pass away yesterday, and I always, I think "Knock Knock" was like the last song the Flyers used in like the locker room, or in like the pregame stuff, or as a goal song that I actually liked. I feel like I can't, like the Flyers' goal song, used to be a thing that I used to associate with for like years, and then in like 2014, 15 I think they went like the crazy like dance tech now, and I'm just not. Not interested. I just don't know what it is anymore. But like it was Van Halen for a while. They used Blur for a bit. Uh Bro him and then Dupe. And like now now I I just have no relation to it. I don't even know what it is. But yeah, they kids use days, I'm all right. Like crazy techno music and they're not ACDC. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Brian has another question. Why is an MPC sports airing some phantoms games same goes from pigs yeah i always wonder i mean i i guess you can get into the contracts with that but i, I feel like there should be another there should be another uh they put phantom games on the there's a news channel channel like 69 that i i know i think i got out here in warminster but i uh you can see family games, like maybe four or five family games, actually on TV. But I feel like NBC Sports. I don't know. I feel like sports channels like that and like ESPN. Uh, I feel like they should always have more actual sports on, rather than running Sports Center for like eight hours a day, or having NFL Live for six hours. Or like NBC Sports Philly should have the minor league games as well. I mean, they wouldn't get as many views, but I feel like that's probably I mean, I, that's probably what it comes down to. Is a Phantoms game is not going to get anywhere near as much as anything talking about the Eagles. It's not the worst thing, but it's just you know it's not going to happen, I guess. But I, yeah, I wish it would show more Phantoms games, especially now because the team's good again and they're going to be competing for the, the College Cup. I would like to see them more. <clears throat> yeah, Tim, I agree. That was my favorite goal song. I remember that was uh, that was like when I was in third and fourth grade. And they had, the Flyers had some really like Lindros and Leclaire and players like that. And I just have like fond memories. My dad had like parcel season tickets and we were driving up from Maryland. There, we had a bunch of games on weeknights. So I would come home from school and I immediately just like jump in the car, drive two hours out to the game, watch the Flyers beat somebody and then just drive home. Uh, and Van Hale, like the, oh my God, ain't talking about love. Yeah, that was the song. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna bring it back. Uh, I don't even know. See, like now, I don't even know what I would want to retread, I guess. Uh, like, I don't know what would make a good gold song that hasn't been used already. But anything's better than the crazy techno crap they're doing now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, you guys got anything else? Wait, oh, yeah, hold on, I need to move down a little, I can say. It's gone Death Metal. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, I can definitely oh my god. Yeah, that would be like I feel like I feel like Shane would be in like one of those weird bands. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm pinning that on Shane. He's got like the the hair kinda looks like it. Looks like he could wear wearing like uh one of those like hemp necklaces. I don't know. I can just see that from him. But you know, that's putting too much on him. Sean says, "Go Toronto Leafs, go!" Okay. Thanks for watching, Sean. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the Homer Simpson thing too. Yeah. Leafs will be the new pants. Um, Leafs are going to be scary this year. Uh, I think. The thing is, is Babcock is one of those coaches. Uh, Babcock still likes his bad players, and he used Matt Martin a lot last year, and he used Comer a lot last year. And I think Dubas did the right thing and kind of he did the same thing that Hexel needs to do with Hexel and just kind of took those toys away. So now both those guys are terrible and not there, both on the Islanders, because the Islanders are killing it. Uh, I, I think the Leafs have everything except for – I don't think they really had the defense there yet, but at the same time, the Pens won Cups and they had – Fucking Trevor Daly carrying the mail. So I don't know if defense is the biggest thing. I mean, a lot of that played in the solvent system. But I think um, I, I think the Leafs are going to be pretty scary for a while. I, I think that might be – I think as Flyers fans, we're going to be pretty upset with the Maple Leafs in about two to three years. I feel like we're gonna the Flyers are going to run into them once or twice in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals coming up. I feel like the Pens and Caps windows are going to close soon right as the flowers and leaves are ascending, and I feel like they're gonna they meet each other a few times. I mean, right now the Lightning are still out there, but the Lightning do, the Lightning do love to lose. Uh, an important series. So maybe they're not gonna be a threat for too, too long, but. Yeah, I'd be fine with Rage Against the Machine. as a new goal song. I don't know what Rage Against the Machine song also, I don't know what part of a Rage Against the Machine song you could pick out that wouldn't be part of like a political agenda, which is like I feel like a concern <laughs> as a as a sports team. I don't know if you know they got plenty of stuff out there, but I don't know how much stuff is not just outwardly about like I, I don't know if they want to go with Rage Against the Machine. There might be they'd have to figure out a part, uh, I'm sure there's some part of killing the name of... That isn't too anti police. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah, that might have to They might have to look in that a little bit. Honestly, does heart um yeah, Tim? So I was so Tim was asking about heart getting pushed in or eased in. And I I think I feel like it's gonna be an eased in situation. Because I feel like it's gonna be a situation where Actually, the situation in envisioning might be a hard push in, too. I, I just feel like it, it's going to be a point where they have no other options, and they just have to put somebody in there. Like, Norvith and Elliott are both out, maybe for a weekend, and Lion comes in and plays a back-to-back, and then they have a... Like, I, I don't know. I just think there's going to be one game where Hearts gets actual playing time this year. Again... I don't even have a great argument as to why. I just feel like at the end of the season, Hart's playing time in the NHL is not gonna be at zero. That's all. I can't I don't know the exact scenario. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean the leafs are loaded and they have I mean they have Tavares now. Um and Matthews is probably going to be there for a while. I, I don't know what's going on with Nylander. I don't know why he hasn't signed yet, but they, they're all fe- their offensive firepower up front is ridiculous, and they have the, def- the depth pieces to support it. And they have – shouldn't say their defense is terrible. They have fine guys back there. Like, I think Riley and Gardner are, are, are good players, but I don't know if they have enough defensive depth. And I feel like with Pollock on, they're going to – uh, Babcock seems like he's going to rely on Zaitsev. Like, Zaitsev seems like a dude that Babcock is just going to lean on for no reason. And they're going to get pounded every single time he's on the ice, but he's just going to keep going to him because he just loves he's got a little bit of that Haxtell hack- syndrome where he just loves his bad players. And for no, there's no statistics that support it or any kind of game film. It's just going to be all narrative based I feel like. But I-, I feel like that's why the Leafs may not be the team this year I say that now and then they will get 60 wins and win it all, but uh, I, I Think they're gonna still want Another piece on the blue line, I guess and, and like Frederick Anderson. I don't think Anderson's a problem at all I think Anderson's pretty good uh, And he might be able to steal you a game or two. I just feel like the defense is not as good or as deep as You need it to win a cup We'll see, though. I think the Leafs are going to be a big threat for years to come, though. Yeah, that's a good point, Jody. Um, Hexy's story of crying in the Flyers' parking lots because he didn't make the team. Hart won't be rushed for the fans. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to be rushed. Um, I just think it's going to... I, I think it would be a thing... Like, I don't think he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. And I think next season he may not even be up with the team on a regular basis. So I think next season he's starting in the AH, AHL. And then in 2020-2021 he's given the opportunity to make the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it Carter-Hart is probably the biggest you know, it's funny. They the Flyers have a lot of things in place right now and for the future. And Depending on what Carter Hart is could really dictate what this team truly is because if he if Carter Hart's anything To what he's hyped up to be the This team might be pumping out a couple cups <laughs> with how well the rest of the situation is managed uh, but if he is if He's just a average run-of-the-mill goalie it might throw a monkey wrench in their plans, but There's no indication why he would be a regular goalie. I mean he's proved themselves to be extraordinary so far uh, in the WHL. And, I mean, if he takes a big step this year or he shines in the AHL, I, th- I think I think the Flyers are going to be the team to mess with in the East, even with Toronto. So, uh, Brian asked thoughts on the expectation that Seattle will get an expansion team in 2021-22, 20, maybe even 2020-2021. 20, 20, Uh, I don't have have many thoughts on that. I think the big thing would just be the – I mean, I'm fine with them going to Seattle. I know the Thunderbirds do pretty well out there. Uh, I always like the idea of adding teams to the league. Um, Oh, I never got – oh, my God, I forgot who asked about the relocation. Oh, no, it was Brian. Brian asked about the relocation. Um, Answer that real quick. I feel like the obvious answers are Arizona. Carolina is always down there. When it comes to attendance, I feel like they are a team that might consider it. And then also, I feel like I feel like the Ducks always have low viewership. Uh, they don't have a lot of views. And I feel like the Ducks and Hurricanes are kind of concerning because they've they should be past the point where people aren't familiar with the team in the area. Uh, and they've also won a cup. So I feel like if you can't draw in more fans, you've won a cup in the last fifteen years. I think it's a little concerning, uh, so I think those would be my big three. Florida is another one too, but I, I feel like no team is going to get relocated. I feel like it's just not. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, Batman wants to do again, unless it is something. Unless it is something like Arizona for Quebec, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't see any relocation going on. Um, expectation of Seattle. Um. Yeah, I mean it'll be exciting to actually see. I think it'll be. I think it's going to be kind of funny that the NHL is going to be one of only two teams that has thirty-two teams, or one of two leagues that has thirty-two teams, along with the NFL. Uh, I think it'll be good to just kind of even out the the conferences as well. And I think the biggest concern for me would just be who the Flyers be losing the expansion draft. And the fact that it's moved back a year kind of makes it harder for the Flyers because then I think that makes guys like um, Sanheim available. I think so, – or I don't know if Sanheim would have been available. if It's the same guidelines, you know, if they're keeping the same rules in place that they have for the Vegas expansion draft. It's something That's going to be a bridge we're going to have to cross when we get there. But I, I feel like with the way Hexall has been – stockpiling prospects. I feel like the Flyers are going to lose somebody of real value uh, in that expansion draft. You know, losing Belmar was <laughs> I mean, it's fine to me. I didn't mind losing Belmar, uh, but I, I feel like in this upcoming draft, they're going to lose somebody a pretty serious prospect that they've been a fan of in Grooming for a while. Uh, we'll have to see, though. Um, let's see if there's all right. <laughs> uh, God, the pence of Kansas City joke is my favorite joke, and like, I think it's the one thing you can still say that will throw Penguins fans into a complete like meltdown. Not complete meltdown, but they are very much they they were just very sensitive about them possibly moving to Kansas City, and they were close to moving to Kansas City but it definitely, I think it still gets to some of them. So. All right, guys, uh, been on for about 50 minutes now. Pretty, pretty good questions. Thank you for the questions. I appreciate it. Uh, except for Kelly's question and, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, I, I don't want to go back to Kelly's question real quick. I don't suck. We know that uh, I think she's confusing sucking for completely dunking on people. So, I just want to get that clear and out there. Uh, besides that, thank you for your questions on Twitter yesterday, and thank you for your questions in here. Um, hopefully, I do another one of these before the season starts, and hopefully, as we get closer to the season, we see a little bit of the camp and we see who's closer to making the team and start seeing real concerns with the team. Uh, we will have some more uh, things to talk about. And, uh, Thanks for hanging out with me and have a pretty good weekend. See you guys. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include